Do you ever wonder whether you're with the right person? Today we're going to be talking about some of the signs that you may be with the right partner. If you'd like to find out more about how to improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of free material and also our online course, The Relationship Maze. And you can take our free online conflict style quiz and discover your argument style in relationships. And press subscribe right now. Welcome to today's podcast and today we're talking about some of the signs that you could be with the right person. <laughs> yeah, because sometimes uh, it's not always so clear, particularly if you're in a new relationship, you might wonder, well, you know, is this a good person for me? Is this the right match for me? You might have all sorts of questions. So these are really just some indicators that we just thought about that tell you that this person is a good person for you. This is a relationship that could really grow and develop and and, you know, support you in a way uh, that you deserve, really, in a relationship. So if we look at the first one, the first one that we could think of was, this is someone, you're with a person who accepts you for who you are, someone who doesn't try to change you. They might not like all of you, but they, in principle, are really very happy with the person who you are. Absolutely. And I think this is a really important one because, again, this this is one of the things that we want to avoid is those people that try to change us mm. because that's often a sign of a quite a manipulative relationship, possibly mm. even um, potentially an abusive relationship. Uh, but I think, you know, don't you think, Angela, that you know, a lot of this, it's not even about being happy with no. things. Acceptance isn't about being happy. No. It's about you know noticing that there are things that we may internally not like. Like, I mean, mm. it could be superficial mm. things like a mole in a certain place, or it mm. could be, um, you know, the the fact that somebody kind of says has a certain laugh sometimes. Yeah. Um, but I think it's about you know it could be something deeper in terms of something that they really enjoy, which you just don't align to. And mm. it's just knowing that even though there might be these things, you accept those things. Mm. So, you know, you might have a instant sort of feeling like, well, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. But it's not that you don't like them. It's that you don't like, you might not like that thing, but I can also accept it. Absolutely. So it's not about being happy, happy all the time. That's impossible. I mean, happiness is, a, I think, if anything, it's sort of quiet fleeting at times. These are just moments. But we're talking about being content in the relationship, being feeling well in the relationship, feeling loved by this other person. There are many, many different ways in which you can feel loved by someone else. And, and one of them is, is having this sense of, I can just be here who I am. I don't have to pretend to be someone who I'm not. I don't have to make myself more interesting, for example. I don't have to change the way that I am with other people just to please the other person, for example. So this sense of like, okay, I can be I can be this person who I can be when I'm by myself or when I am uh, with friends, for example. I can relax and don't have to be on my guard here. Or I don't have to be living up to the idealization, for example, of someone else. I don't have to be put on a pedestal by my partner. I can just be um, someone warts and all who can also sometimes be grumpy or less pleasant to my partner. And I'm still being accepted. 
And I think another aspect of this acceptance is um, also to to feel that um, my partner is really curious about me, is interested in me as a person. They want to know more about me. There is a sense of um, an openness to me uh, with, you know, with the way that I present in the world, with the way that I'm, I am in the world. And I think, you know, the other way around as well, it's about you're having a curiosity for your partner. Mm -hmm. So... And again, it's sometimes it's difficult to, you know, it's because of our own past experiences, we may not interpret someone's interest as curiosity. Mm-hmm. You know, we may interpret it in a different way. But I think what we can always know is how can we be more interested in them? Mm-hmm. How can we be more curious in them? Mm-hmm. I mean, you could be with someone for years and never really know that much about them. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people that are like that. Mm-hmm. and They think they do. Mm-hmm. But they don't. And I think, you know, there's always more we can learn. I mean, you know, if you're with a partner, um, the chances are that they've had uh, probably 20 years or more of their own life experiences that there's no way you're going to know huge amounts about that. Mm-hmm. And you have know, so much potential for, for showing that interest. Mm-hmm. And I think it kind of leads us on to the second point that we were thinking about, which is this sense of that... This is a well, this is a well that keeps on giving this relationship and your partner is a well who keeps on giving in the sense of that they keep on developing, they keep on changing with, you know, they uh, growing as a person um, and they also accept that you do grow and change as a person. So, I mean, ideally, the person who you have in front of you um, who you might have met five years ago is a bit different from the person uh, who you met initially. There's been there's been a sense of flux here, a sense of development, uh, and your partner can not only to- tolerate the fact that you change, they have changed, and also they like the fact that there is change and that this is a dynamic relationship where where there is development, where there is growth where there's more of an integration of new learning in, you know, on a daily basis. Absolutely. So that growth, and I think, yeah, there's two sides, growing individually and growing together. And mm-hmm. I think there sometimes needs to be some alignment of because, course. you know, sometimes people do kind of grow apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I've seen it on some counselling courses where sometimes people go on a course and suddenly we think, well, this, maybe this relationship isn't right because I'm going in a different direction. Yeah. So I've also seen that. So I yeah. think it's it's that sort of, you know, valuing, you know, that growth in your own, also that part of being part of that relationship. So it's being together and separate. Mm. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a good point. Um, growing or developing doesn't mean that you kind of leave your partner behind necessarily. Uh, you can keep an eye on that, and of course you should keep an eye on that. But, but it's it's having that space to um, to make changes in your life, and not to get um, afraid that your partner is changing. Because I think I often witness that that um, for a lot of couples, it's quite it can be quite terrifying sometimes to witness your partner change. For example, they. They take on a different career or they develop a new hobby. So they might be meeting new people. They might be going out more often. This is something that can be discussed, uh, of course, and needs to be discussed in the relationship. But I think there's also, it can be a cause of celebration that there's something happening here, that this person is not um, stagnant um, as a person, as an individual. 
and of course, you always grow together as a couple. You know, as a couple, you have different challenges, different stages in your life that, you know, that uh, are challenging, transitional stages in your life. For example, if you have uh, children together, that changes things um, very drastically and dramatically sometimes um, in your relationship. So this this sort of growth and development is one um, that is an individual one, but there's also one that happens together as a couple. Absolutely right. Yeah, and I think just picking up on one other thing is, well, going back to the first point of accepting the other person, mm. uh, probably what you need to do before you can do that is accept yourself, which mm. isn't always easy because... I mean, often the reason we don't accept somebody else is because we don't accept ourselves. We have to accept that, you know, we have flaws. We have some things that we may not like about ourselves, but we acknowledge those. We can also grow and develop within that too. We can grow and change certain things about ourselves. Mm -hmm. um, you know, but it's about accepting where we are in terms of our own strengths and weaknesses and you know often when if we haven't done that then we may tend to be more judgmental about the other person too mm. and often that kind of covers up the fact we don't want to accept our own flaws so we project onto the other person those things that we don't like yeah so uh, another sign then in a way that uh, indicates that you are with uh, a partner who you should really hang on to and continue to be in a relationship with if they can take some responsibility for their own action, yeah? Yeah, yeah. And I think part of that is, uh, you know, some of the next point we can talk about maybe is being able to talk about difficult material mm -hmm. or difficult topics mm -hmm. because uh, certainly in relationships, sometimes the most important things that we need to discuss are those things that we try to put off because we're worried about the potential consequences. Mm. Um, so it's, you know, we need to be able to talk about those challenging things. Mm. But, and, and in a, of course, absolutely. And it will always, and it's interesting because a lot of couples really struggle with that. I mean, this is a whole other topic. We've talked about this in our previous episodes about how you communicate, how you talk to each other. But what we, what we mean by this, by being able to talk about difficult material is to, to be able to put it on the table, to feel to not feel scared of talking about some material that might be challenging. For example, not feeling scared that your partner is not going to love you anymore when you express a frustration in the relationship. So there needs to be that kind of, you know, an openness from your partner to engage with this. And also, um, if you as a couple manage to, to ride these difficulties, to kind of negotiate around these difficulties. I think if you can do that, that's one of the strongest indicators that you have a really quite a mature relationship already if you can manage to do that because that's hard. It is. And I think also part of that is how you communicate the material because mm -hmm. if, if it's something you find really difficult, you know, you've got to find the right time to talk about some of these things too. It's like if you just had an argument or in the middle of some sort of you know, if your partner's frustrated or stressed, bringing up these really difficult conversations may may not be the right time for them to listen. Mm. And, you know, it could potentially go the wrong way. So I think it's finding the right time, finding kind of relaxed space or finding the most appropriate space to talk about that material. Mm. But also finding a way to present it in a way that helps your, your partner listen. Mm. Um, because, again, it's it's very easy to think, well, they just don't want to listen to these things. 
Um, but it's the way we put it across. Because if I sound like I'm blaming the other person, then they may become defensive. Mm. So it's about how we kind of share that, how you're feeling about certain things and what that means to you and exploring that with them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so being able to talk about uh, difficult material is, um, is certainly a sign that, you know, that there is a, an engagement with each other. There's a desire to, to, to work through some of your challenges because ultimately in any relationship you have, um, you have a, a, a gulf to cross, so to speak. There will be, there will be differences between you. There, you know, you two separate people, you think and feel differently and you have to bridge that gulf somehow. You have to be able to communicate with, to your partner, with your partner, letting them know, how um you know how you experience the world if you can do that if you have a partner who you can do that with wonderful i think you can travel uh, a really long way because you are then able you've got sort of you've got tools in your box that enable you to bridge that gulf to to resolve difficulties to address them to have that kind of openness in the system and of course um with the opposite, when the opposite is true, when you have a partner where you feel like, well, I, this is a bit risky, I can't really put this on the table, we can't really talk about that, then you really, you, you're stuck in a way because you're never going to be able to to resolve these difficulties, these challenges that you have. Yes, and I think an important question maybe to add to that, though, is, um, is, is, is it to do with your partner that you're concerned about expressing these things or is it to do with your perception based on your past experience from other relationships? So sometimes we, you know, we do have fear. We feel it's risky to bring things up. It's not necessarily always the partner. It may be due to of in the past we've had that sort of experience. So I think it's also noticing your tendency for, you know, do we feel that it's your partner that's going to judge you or kind of respond in a way that doesn't make that safe? Or is it past experience where we automatically feel that it's not safe to have that discussion? Of course, but the focus of our podcast today was about sort of knowing, you know, am I with a partner who's a good partner for me? So this would be a sign, wouldn't it? Of course, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. always your own material, yeah. always. Talking, yeah, what I'm talking about is that if you notice this happens in lots of relationships that you're in, sure. then it might be important to kind of question, well, you know, this might be, again, noticing that this could be a pattern yourself. Mm. Um, and identifying, you know, that, you know, again, with all of these, these are kind of cues, these are some sort of guidelines, but there are exceptions. And, you know, it might be that kind of, you, you might notice that if you automatically think, well, it's not safe to talk about this, um, that... Is it really to do with the other person or is it to do with you? Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think this leads on to the next the next topic we were talking about or we wanted to talk about, which was about finding some resolution, which you mentioned as well, is that, you know, when we're having discussions, it's important to you know, have some sort of resolution. Um, not necessarily on, you know, we can have different ideas about things, different kind of, uh, you know, it's important to have similar values, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's important too sure. about about important things going forward into yeah. a relationship. Yeah. Whether that's to do with views and children, whether that's to do with views in terms of sort of um, you know whether you, you have a views in monogamy in relationships, which you know some of these sort of values are quite difficult if you've got mm. different kind of values about these with your partner. Mm -hmm. um, 
But, you know, in terms of practical things, I think there needs to be some compromise. There needs to be some way of finding some sort of resolution. Mm. You know, for example, you know, if, if in, even a little thing, which we talked about recently, household chores and another topic, you know, it's finding some sort of resolution, some sort of give and take, some compromise. Mm. You know, if one person says, no, I'm not going to do any housework, and the other person, you know, clearly isn't happy about that, I don't think that's going to lead to, it's not going to lead to a good relationship. No, absolutely. I think it's being able to, um, uh, coming to a resolution or to some sort of comp well, resolution and compromise um, requires this, uh, at least an attitude of budging a little bit uh, and going going each other's way um, and acknowledging that you might have uh, different ideas here, but you have to negotiate. I think ultimately it comes down to negotiation. There has to be a process of negotiation. So, for example, when it comes to household chores, um, you know, it, what, you will have to negotiate around what's the you know what's the bottom line here around what we want in our house, how clean do we want it to be. If we both decide we don't want it particularly clean, we're not bothered, well, fine. But if one of you isn't uh, holding that stance, how can you negotiate it? How can you come to a compromise here? Um, so a, a sign that you're in a relationship with a partner um, who is a good partner for you is to know that you can do that together, that your partner allows that and enables you to to do both, to hold your stance to some extent uh, around some issues that are really important to you or some uh, practical matters that are really important to you, but also to um, enable you to shift your own stance here. So your partner shifts and you are also enabled to shift some of your positions so that you can come together and find an agreement. And you know, when you are having disagreement, to make sure that the discussions remain healthy, that yeah. you're able to kind of maintain, well, emotionally regulate as yeah, well, yeah. so they don't get out of hand. And that's really important. Yeah, that's really you know, important. There can be difficult discussions. And you know, sometimes these things do come up at um, you know times when emotions can be a little heated, yeah, which yeah. we talked about before as well. Like talking about difficult material, ideally, is when you're not in the middle of a heated conversation. No. Um, but, you know, when, when there is something that comes up, it's finding, you know, finding that way to have that discussion in a healthy way, which is also why we put together an argument course, because, you know, this is such a key thing is that I think, you know, how you handle conflicts early on in the relationship and throughout the relationship is going to really be a major determining factor in whether it's going to be successful. Absolutely. So learning how to do that, because... You know, we're not born learning how to handle conflict. No. In fact, we see things, we model it from often not good examples, maybe mm. like parents or other people that we see. And mm. so we either, that either leads us to maybe avoid conflict or maybe kind of get, become aggressive in conflict. Mm. So we just pick it up. Mm. So that's why, you know, I think learning how to manage arguments and conflict is really important. Yeah, and having a... Again, sort of like having a partner who's willing to travel that mile with you is yeah. a good sign. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that, you, know, you can do our free online conflict style quiz on our relationship, well, the relationshipmaze.com website. Mm -hmm. um, because it's really important to know, you know, how, do you, how is your and your partner's uh, conflict style different? Yeah, because it will be different. It, it will yeah. be different based on your different experiences. Uh, Previously of conflict, absolutely. Yeah, and then leading to our next topic, which is 
you know, it's great. I think it's a great sign in a relationship if you can help your partner to feel good about themselves. Mm-hmm. Sounds similar to what we talked about earlier, maybe about accepting them and helping them to grow and develop. Um, but also those th- things that we do or say that can help them feel good about themselves. So help them feel valuable, help them feel, you know, like a wonderful human being. Okay. So I think mm-hmm. these things can be really, you know, really useful. Yeah, okay. That's sort of um, tapping in a little bit into um, having, you know, having a partner who can kind of express his or her love for you in the way that makes you feel loved. So expressing it in the right way. So if we talk about love languages, for example, um, we know there are these different types, five different types of love languages. So if you are um, somebody who really needs a lot of physical touch, then, you know, you also, if your partner pays attention to that um, and kind of offers that, so to speak, not, you know, voluntarily, um, then, you know, that they offer you an expression of love that makes you feel loved. I think that's always a good sign, isn't it, as well, that you're in a good relationship. I think here it's not just about love. This is about just helping them feel great as a human being. So, you know, say your partner is a writer and has been writing for a while but never had anything published and, you know, they're, they're kind of writing something again that evening and you say, oh, you're not doing that again. You know, it never leads anywhere. Why, why do you even bother with it? Mm, Doesn't sure. even feeling good. Mm. Sort of, but showing sort of enthusiasm or kind of you know encouragement and showing a genuine caring for their passion. Mm. You know, just acknowledging how you know how great it is or how great you feel it is about what they do with their creativity. I think that sort of acknowledgement, just helping them, you know, feel feel like a valuable, worthwhile human being is. Is so important. So doing the validation, yeah? Yeah, validation, mm-hmm. because often mm-hmm. when we're younger, we don't always get that validation. Mm-hmm. Or even if we do, we don't always recognise it. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not have got that from parents. I mean, so many people I've worked with, there is that sense of somehow that uh, they're not as worthwhile as other people or, or they haven't been validated in some way. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, helping your partner to feel that validation is, is really important, which... I think it's a little bit different from just, you know, also expressing love and the love languages, although they're also connected. Mm, yeah. Yeah, it, it is a bit of it. it absolutely. It's, it's connected and it's different. Yeah. So you're talking about that, the validation, a partner validates. I was talking about having a partner who expresses their love in the way that shows you that you are loved because you hear it in a different way. Yeah, we all hear, experience love in a different way. Um, so... If the wires are crossed, if you have a partner who thinks that, who always expresses their love by buying you expensive gifts, but actually that's not the way that you feel loved, then um, that's not really be so helpful, is it? What we want is a, a partner who's tuned in to you enough to know that your particular love language or your particular way of feeling loved is this rather than another way. That's what yeah. I was talking about. So yeah, slightly think, different. And I think for many people, you know, when we talk about love languages, we did a podcast on this a while mm. ago. So yeah. you can find that in our podcast list. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, ultimately it's about that feeling, someone feeling loved, feeling yeah. cared for. Yeah. And it's often not about one of these languages. I mean, I think for me as well, it's mm. it's oversimplified if it's just one. Oh, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I, think, I agree, yeah. yeah. But, but I also think, you know, ultimately... It's the little things that count a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Just a text, 
whether it's you know just saying a few words, just letting them know that you care about them. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think it's often a warning sign for me if if it is that they only feel loved if you buy expensive gifts. Of course, yeah. Yeah, I think that could be a little bit concerning. Sure, it can also yeah. be quite controlling. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. it's it's it, it it's complex. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Another another one is um, being a good listener. Mm-hmm. So another sign is you know. If you are dating or if you've been dating for a while or you've been with your partner for some time, do you feel that they are a good listener? Mm-hmm. Because it's so important to be able to listen to each other. Mm. Yeah, if you're not being listened to, then well, then you're not being experienced as a full human being, are you? Because then your partner actually really doesn't know what's going on for you. So if there's someone there who never listens kind of just talks endlessly about their own material they don't really get to know you they don't really get to know you in a, in an intimate sense of um, you know a rounded sense of who you are as a person so obviously being listened to is really important to be experienced and to be sort of also listened to when you have something to say that might not be um, so pleasant for the other person it goes back to this uh, conflict resolution talking about difficult material yeah, yeah as and I well. think flipping it on its head as well with all of these mm. is these aren't just cues that you know this other person is the right person to be with. Sure. This is about whether you're the right person for them to of be course. with. Of course. It so works both ways. you need to be a good listener too. Of course. So it's not that, are they a good listener? Can I rab it on for like uh, you know, hours and hours <laughs> and never listen to them? No, <laughs> absolutely. To, it's a two-way thing. I mean, we've all met people who just talk and talk and we sit there listening. Yeah. But they never give. They never show any interest. Yeah. So it's about showing that interest we talked about before, listening to them, and also you know that mutual reciprocity. I can't say the word. Yeah. Of mutual. you know both listening, both showing that curiosity and interest. Mm. And it ties into also not just being a good listener, but also being um, somebody who expresses, who can also express, and let's you know to, who doesn't put the shutters down. So if you have a partner who never um there might be great listeners but they never let you know what's going on for them that's also problematic so having a partner who can share the their vulnerabilities with you can be open with you can let you know what's going on for them who can give you a bit of an insight and open their window once in a while into their internal world i think that's also really important absolutely i think that ties with the topic we talked about earlier which is being able to talk about difficult material Mm -hmm. which isn't just difficult material about the relationship but those sort of the ways you're feeling those things that you hold into yourself which you might be concerned about sharing Mm -hmm. yeah yeah because you know if there's never any any kind of uh, opening of the window as i speak then you can't really develop an intimate relationship with someone who you don't know no, yeah. absolutely. Who doesn't, you know, let you know anything about them. Yeah. Yeah. So again, you know, we've talked about several tips that uh, maybe a cue that you're with the right person or is this the right person to be with? Mm-hmm. Um, and also remembering they apply to you as well. So yeah. flipping them around. Yeah. Are you uh, the right person for someone else? Yeah. yeah. And, and also noticing as well, you know, are there patterns that you kind of play out in different relationships that you keep seeing in all your relationships where, you know, you may read some of these cues that they may not actually be there. There may be things that we're kind of projecting onto the other person. We talked about projection in an earlier podcast as well, and maybe we'll pick this up on a future podcast. Mm-hmm. 
but thanks for listening today and please tune in again next week and press subscribe to our podcast and you can do our free online conflict style quiz on the relationshipmaze.com take good care and we'll uh, you'll hear from us soon bye bye